The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Oh, that is great. We have uh, three uh, special, uh, important, delightful daughter-in-laws in our life, and that was two of them, and uh, we appreciate them so very, very much. My family has been blessed, amen, and I appreciate all that God has done for us. Take your Bible, please, and go back to Psalm 94, look at verse 19. Psalm 94, verse 19. Here, David is speaking, and David is saying this. He said, in the multitude of thoughts within me. Now you have to understand that David is under a lot of pressure. You understand, of course, that Saul is after him. You understand, of course, that there's been a lot going on in his own family life, and a lot of decisions had to be made, not in haste, but be made. And you see that David's mind is full of thoughts. And then he says this, uh, thy comforts delight my soul. So is there a way to be a busy person and yet find delight? Is there a way to be somebody that's running here, there, and yonder and still be somebody that finds delight? Is there a way to be busy in church? We've got busy people. I think we have uh, right at uh, 91 Sunday school teachers and assistants or so. And can I tell you, on Sunday morning, everybody's running around like cats and dogs or little birds uh, uh, flying from nest to nest. And it's a busy, busy place. We have many bus routes and many bus workers and on Sunday morning, everybody is just scooting around, trying to get everything done, get everybody in their place. It's busy. The choir is filling their places, and they come in, and some of them are running, especially, if you will, on a day like today, uh, when it seems like that it was harder for some reason to get up uh, than on a normal day. And it just seems like that people are busy, and uh, are, their lives are full of busyness. Well, David was that way. And David said this. He said, in my multiple uh, thoughts, the multitude of thoughts, if you would, these many, many thoughts. He said this, he said within me. So those thoughts are always consuming him. He said this, he said, thy comforts delight my soul. Over in John chapter 14 and verse 2, we read about the comforter. The Bible says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, uh, whom the Father hath sent in my name, uh, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, what Whatsoever I have said unto you. All right, so the Bible teaches that God has given us a comforter. So let me speak to you, if I may, on the comfort in a tragedy. Comfort in tragedy. Uh, now, you may have some things that come up in your life, and some people look at tragedy differently. Some people look at going to the dentist as being a tragic experience. Uh, other people look at going to get just a mere checkup as a tragic experience. Some people look at getting a dent in the car or a flat tire as being a tragic experience. Some people look at when the mother-in-law comes to visit for an extended visit. How come everybody always gets on that one? You know, everybody, ooh, you know. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, they look at that as a tragic experience. You know, uh, you can look at things the way you want to look at things, but can I tell you, God's been good to you just by giving you another day to breathe. Uh, God's been good to you just by the sheer fact that you're here and able to walk this morning. And God has been good to you because of the fact uh, you have people that sit around you, they care about you. And thank God for that. And 
And so here he is. David is saying, in the multiple type of uh, uh, thoughts that hit my mind, he said, I want you to know that I find great comfort in the fact that uh, uh, there is delight inside of my soul. Oh, I find people today trying to find peace. I find people today. As I was at door knocking yesterday and uh, talking to people about Christ and showing people how to be saved. Uh, can I tell you, there's a lot of people uh, that are searching that are searching. They're searching for peace. They're searching for comfort. Years ago, I was a, a pastor at Union City Baptist Temple uh, for uh, several years. And while I was pastor there uh, one Wednesday evening, I never will forget, uh, Brother William Taylor stopped in. He was the pastor of that church uh, 17 years before I became the pastor. And Brother Taylor stopped in. He said, I just wanted to come by and see how the old church was doing. And God was blessing the church. We had a great number there on a Wednesday night and he said I like to fellowship with you so we went into the office and we sat down and we started to fellowship now this is one of my senior brothers an older man than I and uh, and so we sat down and we started to talk and he started to tell me about all the blessings all the blessings but if you listen to somebody long enough just like you listen to David here uh, all of a sudden he started to tell me about the things that was consuming his mind I mean the things that were right there pressing him uh, the, when you talk to somebody long enough you get to hear about their burden. You get to hear about the things that are really uh, constituting their life. And so that's the way it was uh, with Brother Taylor on that particular night. Uh, first, he started off with the blessings. Oh my, how God has been good. And by the way, God has been good. But he said, now let me tell you, I've got some burdens too. And he started to share those burdens. And before you know it, uh, we were praying together and I was trying uh, to be an encouragement to him because after all, uh, he was my senior brother, and I wanted to make sure that he left there with a little bit more encouragement than when he had come. Now, can I tell you, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 30, the Bible says Jesus said this. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so when we connect up with the Lord, he is able and ready to help us with our every need and burden. Uh, there's not a burden that's too heavy for him. There's not a burden that is too uh, 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 cumbersome for him. He is able to take care of every burden that you have in life. You know, now busyness is not a big, big problem as long as you're able to uh, provide that which is needed for the busy time. Uh, I, I love uh, studying the Bible and I love preparing messages. I love to be able to help people. And, but you know, that does take time. It takes time to pray. It takes time to study. It takes time to prepare your heart so that you can be able to deliver a message to the people's heart. And that's a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night deliverance, but many, many hours goes into that. I love to be able to help people and counsel people, uh, to be able to love them and help them and encourage them. But you know that takes time. Boy, uh, I, I like to go to the hospital. Now, not just to go to the hospital, but I like to go to the hospital to encourage our people uh, or the, our people's relatives when they're in the hospital. Uh, I like going soul winning. I could live on the field and just knocking doors, to be honest with you. I mean, I love it. I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love shaking people's hands. I love trying to help people uh, come to know Christ as their Savior. I like that. But you know, that takes time and that fills your mind. Uh, I'm working on writing a couple of books right now and it just fills my mind. Uh, it, somebody said this the other day and I was visiting with them and a businessman uh, in our church. He said, preacher, do you ever feel like you have 15 hammers hitting you on the head all at the same time? 
I said, no, I've never felt that bad. Uh, he said, well, sometimes it's just so busy. He said, sometimes I feel like, uh, I wrote these down. He said, sometimes I feel like racing chariots are running over my soul. He said, sometimes I just feel like that I'm in the arena and all of a sudden there's professional boxers pounding on me all at once. Now, have you ever been down that road? Have you ever just felt like that uh, uh, you're in the, uh, the uh, one covered wagon and you are surrounded by those that are on the attack? Have you ever felt that way? Now, can I tell you, that's how David feels. David says, all these thoughts are coming across my mind. And we're all busy people. I went back in my journal notes since I found that one note about uh, Brother Taylor, and I thought, I wonder what was happening in my wife's life. I've been keeping journals uh, for a long time and was able to rescue some of them uh, that uh, had been taken, but now I've got some of them back. And I found a journal note. It said this in my journal note for that day. It says, I, I, I really look at my wife and wonder how she does it all. She's a teacher at home. Uh, now, by the way, both these girls are married to my boys. That's how they became daughter-in-laws and, and uh, but uh, it says here uh, she's teaching Jared in grade one this is how old this is uh, she's teaching Joshua in another grade Jonathan in another grade and Mike Lofton uh, who we homeschooled and that's why he didn't turn out right but uh, <laughs> but Mike Lofton in another grade uh, she's watching Rebecca as Rebecca now is growing as just a little baby as she's preparing the meal she's doing my typing she's cleaning the house she's washing the laundry uh, she's drying the laundry she's folding and ironing she's washing all the dishes and still has time to go soul winning be a Sunday school teacher and help out in many aspects in the church, I wonder how she does it all. Now, can I tell you, everybody's busy. Different people are busy doing different things. And by the way, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to find yourself busy. It doesn't matter how, how long you've been married. Uh, the Frankensteins today, celebrating 40 years of wedding uh, uh, anniversary, if you will. Uh, been married 40 years, but can I tell you, uh, they're going to be busy when they're married 45 years and 50 years and 55 years and 60 and 70 years and 80 years. They're going to be busy uh, for a long, long time. Uh, you're busy as a child. You're busy as a teenager. Everybody is busy, but you can take great comfort in knowing that God will help you during your busy time. You know, you can laugh when you're busy. Did you know that? Did you know that you can have pleasure when you are busy? Did you know that? Did you know that you can rejoice when you're busy? The word comfort that you find here in the scriptures is talking about when you come to him and you're getting him to help you. I cannot imagine Mrs. Acosta right now, uh, one of our dear, outstanding, fine church members, and her mother dies, and then within a, a day's time, her uh, stepdaddy dies, and then at the funeral, you're not following one hearse, but you're following two hearses. At the funeral, you're not going to view just one person lying in state, but you're viewing two people lying in state. Uh, at the funeral, uh, your heart is so uh, broken open. Now, I, I know what it is. I just preached the funeral for Ann Jones's brother, Marvin, just two weeks ago. And inside of that room, tears just ran and flowed. Uh, but can I tell you, God is the one that sends comfort. Now, how does he do that? How does God comfort us during tragic times? Let me give you a couple of statements. Statement number one, he comforts us through the word of God. Yeah. As you hear the word of God, God can take the word of God 
God and comfort you. There's no more comforting words that are more powerful than the word of God. Man lives and man dies, but the word of God liveth on forever. And so you can receive comfort through the word of God. All oh, you know, over in Psalm 23, uh, verses 1 and 2, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Oh, what is that? That's comfort. That's comfort. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There's comfort there. Uh, the Prince of Peace. By the way, uh, how do you get peace? Somebody finds it in the pill. They find it in a tranquilizer. But can I tell you the best a tranquilizer that you could ever have in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when you're burdened and you don't know what to do, when you've got problems and it doesn't seem like you know how to overcome them, when it just seems like that it is too hectic in your life, when it seems like it's too busy in your life, when it seems like that life is rolling over you and you don't have a clue about what to do, here's what you can do. You can always receive comfort in the Word of God. Uh, that's why I think church is important. Oh, you say, preacher, I can you cannot receive any greater comfort than that which is the Word of God when you're in a distressful time. Uh, there's been times when I've sat and I've heard messages that changed my life, one message that changed my life forever. Uh, there's been times when I've seen God uh, move into a family and change an entire family's life simply because of one message. Now, what do you do? You run to that uh, a comfort, if you will, in the Bible. And the Bible will help you to be able to receive comfort in the time of need. Oh, not only that, but uh, we find this out, that as you're running to the Bible and you hear the Word of God preached, it just seems like that things begin to minimize. Things begin to minimize. You ever do this? You ever take off in an airplane? And uh, you're, you're, you're going down the runway and that airplane takes off and it gets higher and it gets higher and it gets higher. And the things that look so big, the things that look so monstrous, the things that look so overwhelming now when you look down, they don't look big at all. You know why? Because you're seeing it from above. And if you'd simply look at your problems from above instead of from beneath, you'd find out that God could help you to overcome your problems. All of a sudden, Roger uh, gets hit by a car. What should you do? You ought to run to the Prince of Peace and let him help you. Uh, allow him to help you through that word of God. All of a sudden, Johnny runs out uh, and he decides that he's going to run away from home. And, and you're disturbed uh, as a parent and you don't know what to do. What do you do? You run to that one that gives you the Prince of Peace. How can you find him? You find him through the word of God. All of a sudden, Susie plays out in the mud and she's got her Sunday uh, dress on and all oh, it was nice and you just bought it but now it's all muddy and uh, you want to get mad but maybe you ought to just kind of wash it out and try to help or not do it again but can I tell you this I can tell you that you can find peace when you come to the Bible all of a sudden Mary chips her tooth because uh, Stephanie pushed her down and uh, what do you do you run to the 
Bible and let the Bible help you. And sometimes we have to come to church and just say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to do it. But God, I know that you are in charge. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that we understand that there's comfort in the Word of God. The Word of God can comfort us and the Word of God can help us. When I pastored in Tennessee, I had two uh, police officers. They were brothers and they were twins. And uh, both of them worked down at the prison. And one night, one of them was coming home. And he, I don't know what happened. I, I, I gather from what the police report was that he'd fallen asleep, went off of the road, decapitated his head. He died instantly just like that. Oh, my, we went to, and these were good people. They attended our church, and there was a bunch of them. I mean, they'd take up two and three pews. I mean, family reaching family, and they, they got their family faithful to church. But I remember going to that funeral, and I remember uh, trying to comfort them with my words. Didn't help. But I remember going up and putting my arm around that mother and putting my arm around that daddy, and I started quoting Scripture. And when I started doing that, it was like a light that came on. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, that where I am there, ye may be also. And did you know, when I started quoting that verse and other verses, as I hugged that mom and daddy, all of a sudden they turned and they put their heads on my shoulder and they started to cry and said, Preacher, we don't understand it all, but we know he's in heaven. What was that? That was the comforting of the word of God. I remember Terry Ellis. Terry Ellis was my soul winning partner. Uh, we went there, and there was only two or three of us that was going soul winning. That was about it. And it just kept growing and growing and growing, and God blessed it in a wonderful way. And uh, Terry Ellis became one of my soul winning partners. And uh, Terry Ellis uh, was a refined gentleman, and he's just a good, good brother. And he's building a house, and he was out there, and he had this flatbed uh, uh, type of wagon he was pulling with his tractor. And, uh, and uh, he was kind of, uh, he had dirt on it and he was filling in the side of a hill and I don't know how it happened but that, that that flatbed flipped over on Terry and killed him instantly landed on his chest and killed him and I remember talking to Cherie his wife and I said Cherie I said now you tell me uh, how you want the funeral and she said preacher she said I'd like to get a, a, a pastor friend of ours that led Terry to Christ brother King if he preaches funeral and you can assist him He's about, I, she said, but, I, but the family doesn't like him. I'm just warning you, the family doesn't like, like him at all. But I like for to get Brother King. I knew Brother King. Brother King and I were good friends. And so I went to Brother King, and I said, you heard about Terry died, and Sheree wants you to preach his funeral. He said, preacher, that family does not like me. Because when I led Terry to Christ, Terry changed. Terry gave up his drinking and he gave up his doping. Uh, Terry gave up everything that he was doing wrong. He used to go to wild parties, and now when he'd go to wild parties, he'd preach to them. He said, totally changed. God changed him, preacher. They don't want me to preach that funeral because they're mad at me because I led Terry to Christ. I said, well, Terry wanted you to preach the funeral, and Cherie wants you to preach the funeral, and I'll tell you what, I, I'll be there beside you. They won't hurt you. They won't hurt you. Well, that day I found out that one of the uh, members had brought a gun to the funeral. I'm telling you the truth, brought a gun. You said, what'd you do? I hid behind my wife for three hours. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
brought a, they brought a gun, and I went up to him. I said, now, I heard you got a gun. I don't know what your intentions are, but if you pull that gun out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle you. You're not going to hurt anybody at this funeral. Now, I'm glad you're here, and you're going to pay respect, but you're not going to do something stupid. And he said, well, he said, I just don't think you ought to be preaching the funeral. He said, I plan on stopping it. I said, I'll stop you before you stop it. I said, no, I don't suggest you do something stupid. And he said, well, I said, go put it away. This is a funeral service. You ought to respect both the living and the dead. Go put it away. Be a good boy. I shouldn't have said that, but he took it, he put it away. Oh, he was so mad. He wouldn't come up and shake, uh, shake uh, the preacher's hand. I mean, you could just tell he detested the fact that he was there. But there was a good plan of salvation that was preached that day, and a couple of those people got saved. Amen. Now, wait a minute. What am I saying? I'm saying you're going to go through some turbulent times. You're going to have times in your life when all of a sudden you just don't know what to do. What should you do? You should receive comfort from the Word of God. Statement number one. Statement number two, comfort of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hurry. John chapter 14, verse 16, the Bible talks about he is the comforter. John chapter 14, verse 26, he's the comforter. He's called that, the comforter. John chapter 15, verse 26, he's called the comforter. John chapter 16, and verse 27, he's called the comforter. Now, what's that mean? That means that he'll run beside you. He'll comfort you. Have you ever done this? Have you ever uh, gone through a time and all of a sudden you, you just felt uneasy? You ever been that way? And you prayed to God and you said, God, please help me. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I just might be traveling down a road. It might be visiting somebody. It might be trying to encourage somebody. You just kind of felt uncomfortable. And you said, dear God, help me. And all of a sudden, there was help. Now, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. See, God gave you a comforter. And by the way, uh, you'll have that comforter onto your dying day. John Wesley, they said, we get up early in the morning. He prayed for two hours before he began his day. He said, I cannot do my day without first praying two hours. He said, I'm just so busy. He said, my mind is so cluttered. He said, I just need God's help. He said, because if I don't pray for two hours, God, listen to this, does not steady me. Steady me. So I need God to steady me throughout the day. Now, wait a minute. He didn't run to a pill. He ran to God. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying the comforter is uh, you can receive it uh, from the word of God. You can receive it from uh, the Holy Spirit. You can receive comfort from God's people. God's people. You know, I, there's no place. I went to Brother Lassender's church, Trinity Baptist Church in Arlington on Wednesday night. Dr. Bachman preached for me. I, I felt like when I said I was going to be gone for a week, I almost felt like, well, if I uh, come to the church on Wednesday night, since I'm heading out of town and stuff, that uh, I, I, I don't want to uh, be somebody that hampers somebody. I, I remember one time, Brother Palmore, I asked him to preach, and I sat up in the balcony, and he said this. He said, Preacher, I wish you wouldn't have come. I said, oh, that's terrible for an assistant pastor to say, Pastor, I wish you wouldn't come to church. But you know, he, felt, he felt a little bit uneasy. Well, I don't want anybody to feel uneasy. And so, so I, I told Sylvia, I said, I, I, you know, Brother Lassner, he's got a good church over there at Trinity in Arlington. And I said, I, I've never heard him preach on a Wednesday night. Let's go. You want to go? Plus, there's antique shops over there. 
So we went over, we did the right thing. We went to the antique shops first and then we went to church. And so uh, we went in and we sat there and he preached a good message. And they start at 7.30 on Wednesday nights because his people have to travel in from work. And so uh, we got out of church, oh, I guess about quarter till nine or so. And it was just good. I mean, it was good. It was good to shake hands. I had young people coming up. Oh, Brother Wells, good to see you because I preached over there some. And uh, some older folk that would come up. Oh, it's good to see you. And, and it was good to see my wife and things. And we had good fellowship. But there's no... I, I I mean, when you get into a church and it becomes your home church, there's no fellowship like that fellowship. I mean, when you, you know, uh, some of you that travel a little bit and you have to be out on the road, there's no church like the church that you call home. Uh, you're used to seeing the faces. Uh, you're used to hearing the blessing. You're used to talking to certain people. And sometimes it takes a, a, a while to get people to be friendly to you. You, you know that. We're called a friendly church. You know why we're called a friendly church? Because we smile and because we shake hands. But uh, now don't raise your hand and, and, and confess this. But uh, for those that have joined the church, you find this out. But it's hard to get to know people. Now, I don't think that's just a Texas thing. I think that's a human thing. Because everybody lives in their own world. Especially in the Western civilization in which we live in. You go with me to many of the other countries that I preach in, and you're going to find out that it's totally different. But in Western civilization, everybody lives to themselves. It's just their little family unit, and that's really about it. You know, uh, but uh, blessed is the man that uh, is friendly. More blessed is the man that is friendly and has friends. And it is good, but it takes a while. Now, once you get in, can I tell you, you're in. Hello. I mean, people will call you. Where were you? Missed you. People will remember your anniversary. Uh, uh, you know, remember uh, a, a wife that turned 50 yesterday. Uh, they'll remember. Now, I, by the way, that was okay to say. But now watch this, if you will. We understand this. We understand there's the comfort of God's people. When you, when you go up to somebody and say, Man, it is good to see I heard you wasn't feeling well on Wednesday, and I prayed for you because I knew you were preaching. You feeling better? Good. You know, you know, just stuff like that helps. Stuff like that helps. Man, I heard you trying to lose weight. How's it going? Not very good. Like food. <laughs> yes, but stuff like that helps. Stuff like that helps. I, I pray for your voice all the time. I really do. I know sometimes it's difficult. Yes, and uh, are you doing all right? Yes. You, stuff like that helps. When you go around and you don't have to go deep with somebody. You, you can keep it. But, you know, you can go up the, and you don't have to down them. Is something wrong? I had not seen you smile in the past five minutes. You could go up and say, hey, it's good to see you. I do that in the grocery store. When I go to the grocery store, I like to check out using the same person as much as I can. So why do you do that? Because I like to build some type of friendship. We go to Kroger lot. I live in Forney, and we go to Kroger lot. And many times uh, there's a lady there when I go in to get some stuff. Uh, I'll look forward to see if she's there, and I'll, I'll say, hey, it sure is good to see you. And she'll say, preacher, it's good to see you too. Uh, that's good stuff. I go down here to this gas station and, and, and I'll go up and say, got me a cup of coffee. And they'll say, oh, preacher, we can't charge you. 
I said, why can't you charge me? Well, you're my pastor. They've never been here a day in their life. But it's something about caring about people. I'm saying this. I'm saying you can receive comfort from the Word of God. You can receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. You can receive comfort from God's people. Uh, when it comes handshaking time, don't be a statue. Walk around, shake some people's hands. You say, why? Well, you might not need it, but they do. Don't be always selfishly thinking about you. Uh, uh, pour yourself into somebody else and uh, shake their hand and love them and encourage them and try to help them to be able to make it through. Uh, here's what we see over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. The Bible says, wherefore, it says, comfort yourselves together. It says, and edify one another even as also you do. What's he saying? He's saying comfort one another. Encourage one another. Uh, let me tell you how to encourage the preacher or somebody I have in to preach. When the preacher says something, that's a truth. You can say amen. amen. By the way, we are a Baptist church. If you've not read that, it's on the sign out front there. But you can say amen. You, you know, you can enjoy good old-fashioned preaching. I'm not going to get up here and teach you how to do the dish rag twist or the skunk skedaddle. I'm, I'm going to preach to you the Bible. And the Bible is true. All right, now I'm saying this. I'm saying you comfort uh, by the Word of God. You comfort by the Holy Spirit. You comfort through God's people. Uh, then lastly, you comfort, or you're comforted by the rapture. You ever hear that song, uh, We're Just a Passing Through? Yeah, we're not going to be here long. The very next thing, my dear beloved friend, on God's prophetic timetable is called the rapture. Now, you won't find that uh, in, your, in your Bible. You won't find the word rapture. You will find words like this, catching away. Catching away. And that's talking about the rapture. That is the very next thing on God's prophetic timetable. Now, we don't know when it's going to take place, but we know one thing, it is going to take place. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18, he says, comfort one another with these words. So he just got done talking about the rapture, the catching away. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to comfort one another with these words. That we're not here for long. We're just passing through. Uh, can I tell you one thing that can be a great encouragement? I preach many funerals. Matter of fact, I preach funerals of people that I have never even met before. I go to funeral homes and I'll say, look, I'm the preacher that's in the area. If you ever need somebody to preach a funeral, somebody dies, they have nobody, call me. Call me. I'll be glad to assist. I'll be glad to help. I, I have preached many, 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 many funerals of people. I've never shook their hand. I've never met them one time. I don't know them from Adam. I'll meet with the funeral, uh, I'll meet with the people that's uh, the relatives of the person that's deceased, the person that died, and I will meet with them ahead of time and I'll say, tell me some things about them. Tell me some humorous things. Tell me some things they like to do. Uh, I, I like to be able to make it very, very family, but I'm not a part of your family, I've never met you. But I like to be able to touch hearts and help people to see uh, what this person was really like because they were important. And so I'll gather information and I'll write it down and everything. And then I, I preach the funeral and I always give the gospel. 
whether it's a saved person, whether it's a lost person. By the way, we do that with every wedding that we have here. There's never a wedding that we'll ever, under my administration, uh, conduct in this auditorium or outside this auditorium that I'm a part of that we do not give the gospel. Why? Because uh, we want everybody to have an opportunity to be able to receive Christ as Savior. Now, I'm saying this, and I'm done. Uh, the very next thing is God is going to be able to rapture the believer out. Why? Oh, not because uh, they were good, and that's how they became a believer. Not because they've been baptized. I was out sowing yesterday. I knocked on the door, and I said, look, if I was your friend, and we were going fishing together, and I wanted to go to heaven, what would you tell me to do? He said, well, I, I tell you, first off, don't drown till you find out. I said, that's a pretty good answer. I said, but if I was your friend and I wanted to go to heaven, I'm asking you, what do I do? What do I do? He said, I don't have an earthly idea. He said, that's a pretty good question. Matter of fact, that's probably a question I need to find out about. I said, that's probably why I'm here. I said, let me take a Bible and show you what the Bible teaches about going to heaven. And I took the Bible and showed him how he could receive Jesus Christ as Savior. And he bowed his heart and he received Christ as Savior. He said, now, preacher, he said, uh, now we could go fishing together and you could push me over and I could drown and I'd go to heaven. <laughs> I said, I don't think that'd be a good idea. But can I tell you that uh, I'm so glad that there was a day when David Lee took a Bible and showed me my need of Christ. And I bowed my heart at 18 years of age by that 16-year-old boy that showed me how to be saved in Millers, Maryland. And I bowed my heart and I received Christ as my Savior, settled once forevermore. The Bible says this over in John chapter 14 and verse 27. He says, Peace I leave unto you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. There's a peace that only God can give. And that peace that only God can give is only through Jesus Christ. Uh, John chapter 14 and verse 6, the Bible uh, explicitly says, and Christ is the one saying it, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So there's not two ways, three ways, four ways, or five ways to heaven. He said, I am the way. Either I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, and he is my way to heaven, or I have no way to heaven. It's Christ and Christ only. Uh, John chapter 14 and verse 1 of the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, Psalm 91 and verse 1, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place is what the girl sang about just a moment ago. It says, Of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, Psalm 91 and verse 2, the Bible says, And I will say, it says, Of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. I'm so glad that we have an opportunity. Oh, yesterday, I don't know, 140-some, I guess, came out soul winning for the Thursday or Saturday morning meeting. And, and of course, we have a, a, the Tuesday, and we have the Thursday, and, a, and uh, we have all sorts of soul winning, different, I think, nine or so uh, times to be able to go out soul winning to tell people about Christ. I think that's important. I just think that's important. You know, uh, to be able to carry a gospel track and give it out to someone, I think that's important. I'm so glad that we can take the gospel and share it with people. I was uh, preaching in a city, and I gave this boy a track, and I won't forget it, I gave him a track. And he said, I don't want it. And I said, that's okay, you don't want it now, but you will. I'm going to lay it right there. 
you don't have to take it if you don't want to. But I, I want you to leave it there today and you just look at it every so often. He said, by the end of the day, I kept walking by that. It's a true story. By the end of the day, I kept walking by that and he said, it just, it just stared at me. He said, first I found myself staring at it. The next thing I felt like it was staring at me. And said, finally, he said, I just picked it up. Need a fresh start. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I do. And he said, I opened that thing up and he said, I, I read the simple plan of salvation. And he said, I bowed my heart and I received Christ as Savior. I'm so glad I picked it up. By the way, uh, every year when I get a chance to preach down in the Florida area, that boy's there. Now, can I tell you, it's all because there's a track. It's this thing right there. I was eating in a uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken place. Every preacher likes chicken. I was eating in Kentucky Fried Chicken place, and the preacher I was preaching for, I, he, he, said, uh, he said, hey, let's go there and get something to eat. I said, I'm for it. So we went over and got something to eat. We're the only ones in the place. Don't you like it when God sets you up just that way? And so we're the only ones in the place, and there's uh, uh, people back there, and, and so we got it. And since we're the only ones, they brought it to my table. That was so nice of them, and that set me up even better. And so they brought it to the table, and I said, oh, that is so good. Thank you for being so kind. And I said, because you've been so kind to me, I want to give you something. I want to be kind to you. And they said, what is this about? Need a fresh start. What in the world is that about? I said, look over the back of that thing and tell you. I said, matter of fact, because you're in a hurry, I'm in a hurry. My food is going to get cold and you've got work to do. Let me just tell you what it says. I told them what it said. They stood there. And then after a while, because maybe I was a little bit longer than what I should, they sat there. And, uh, and I'm not a, a, a long, but I like to make sure it's clear, you know. And so, uh, and, and they sat there and uh, they bowed their heart and they received Christ as Savior. And they said this, nobody's ever done that before. But you know, if the rapture took place, guess where they're going to go? They're going to go to heaven. Now, it's not because they're good. It's not because they've been baptized. See, anybody can do that, you know. And I think carried Christians ought to do that. Because the very next thing on God's prophetic timetable, my dear beloved friend, is the rapture. I want everybody to go. I want everybody to go. You know, there's going to be some people in heaven that I'm going to miss that I thought was going to make it but they never truly receive Christ as Savior. There's going to be other people that's in heaven. I'm going to look at them and say, what are you doing here? Because <laughs> I thought for sure they wouldn't make it. Let me ask you, are you going to be there? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please. Nobody looking around. Say, preacher, I want you to pray for me. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.